Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chicks No Ship podcast. Today, I have a very interesting guest with me today, and we're talking all about following your passion in midlife. So I have Christina Gervatis, who is a board-certified OBGYN turned singer-songwriter in a transition that she describes as both terrifying and exhilarating. So welcome, Christina. Hi, thanks so much for having me. No problem. So tell us a little bit. I mean, so you're in a very successful, obviously, career as an OBGYN, and then midlife happens and you decide to follow your passion for singing songwriting. Can you take us through a little bit of kind of what was happening in your life and what made you decide to start really pursuing your passion? And I should mention she has an album coming out or will be by the time this podcast is released, will be out into the world. So yeah, just tell us a little bit about what that transition was like for you. So it's a bit of a crazy story and I find it a little bit challenging to try and summarize my life in general, much less this chapter of my life. And actually, ironically, the very first single from my debut album, Overdue, which was released on October 15th, is called Still Don't Know the Words. And I wrote it as I was preparing for a a foundation meeting with one of my music mentors, M. Griner, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about my pivotal interaction with M. But I was preparing for a, a session to just tell me a bit about yourself. And I was paralyzed because how do you summarize your life and how to tell the story of a story that's still in evolution and right. um, such a bun- vulnerable thing to share little bits about yourself and you're you know carefully crafting this vision of yourself that you put out there into the world so that's what my first single was all about but is this very moment which is tell me about yourself and how you got <laughs> so I'm gonna try so I was a, a very very busy sort of stereotypical workaholic, obstetrician gynecologist. I practice in Newmarket, Ontario, and I lived a fairly frantic life, but a career that I really, really enjoyed and excelled at. And there came a crossroads prompted by my husband, uh, Barry Atak, who was also an OBGYN and pelvic floor surgeon. He was about to retire in 2019. And I had to sort of take a look at my life and my practice and say, how am I going to move forward? I'm in my mid forties. At that time I was 43. Barry's retiring, um, a bit of an age difference between us, but Barry's retiring and my current practice life is certainly not going to be conducive to us enjoying his retirement years. Right, right. Just because of, you know, the desire to travel. I say that in air quotes now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pandemic was coming, but theoretically there was going to be travel and just wanting to spend time together. And with the rigors of an obstetrical practice where you can't really 
take time off. You can't really take time off for any extended periods of time because there's no pause button for pregnancy. You know, the rigors of an on-call schedule, a surgical schedule, it became clear to me that I was going to have to make a big change. And so in 2019, I uh, retired from hospital medicine, which was a huge leap, another terrifying sort of change um, yeah. in my life. And I left hospital medicine and went into private practice, um, office only gynecology, and with a focus on contraception. And I do a lot of intrauterine contraception and IUD. IUD insertions is my focus. And I have a YouTube channel about that. That's sort of a separate story. But the reason I'm starting with this first part of my reinvention is that that shift to office only and part-time practice is really what allowed the space in my life for this next project. So it really became like one thing led to another led to another when it came to the music. So around the same time that I made this big life transition and left hospital medicine, I had started writing songs sort of as therapy, I guess, or just like a journaling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. experience, I guess. I also started writing songs in the middle of the night because I have insomnia, which is getting better, but um, I would start to write a lyric in the middle of the night in my head as a way to try and distract myself from other thoughts. So anyway, I began writing songs at around that same time. I really just started writing songs about three years ago. And then, so I started writing those songs and then I started having the confidence to play a few of those songs at a few open mic nights. And I continued to write. The songs just seemed to keep pouring out of me. And then I signed up for a community event, an art exhibition with multiple musicians, and did my very first two-hour set of original music, which was, again, another sort of terrifying moment. You can imagine. Then I started playing a few gigs and just in local bars and breweries. And then the pandemic hit. So I was just starting to have fun and get into my stride as an aspiring musician. And then the pandemic hit and I wanted to keep sharing. So I created an Instagram account where I recorded some of my original songs and just put it out there kind of thing. In December 2020, a musician who I admire, who was starting to offer vocal coaching, M. Griner, uh, she actually found me through my Instagram account. Um, And that I would say was the pivotal moment that then led to me taking this on more seriously and in pursuing the album. I began working with M. I thought it was just gonna improve my vocals a little bit so that when I'm on my bar stool at the local pub, I don't embarrass (laughs) myself and sound a bit more professional. But I shared my songs with her and she sort of nudged me towards realizing that this I had actually greater ambitions than this. She had me do a vision board. Mm, Like, you know, it sounds a little bit, well, I'm going to confess, and this is no offense to Em if she's listening, but I was rolling my eyes a little bit at this point. I'm like, I'd never do We all start there. Yes. Yeah, you know, (laughs) it just sounds a bit... Hokey. You know, out there, right? Like, dream your biggest dreams, but I always want to get the gold star. So I did my homework, and I did my vision board, and lo and behold, all these things showed up on it that I didn't even know that I wanted Mm -hmm. There was the words debut album. There was a Spotify little icon. There was a little radio. There was a stage. And, you know, it it basically 
made me realize that if there was like no holds barred, you know, granted three wishes kind of dream big kind of scenario that, yeah, why wouldn't I want to try and be a musician and have a larger, larger art audience for my music. So M nudged me and um, encouraged me. She had heard my songs and said, you know, you have potential here. And then with, with surgical focus, I kicked into high gear and began preparation for a formal studio recording. So at this point, I have so many questions. <laughs> so we're going to go back. No, no, no. It was great. I love the story. So are you still working like in full-time practice while you're doing your debut album? So my practice is, I'd say, probably two-thirds time in terms of the volume of patients okay. seeing. But it's now office only with pretty much my, almost my entire practice is focused on contraception and right. intrusion device insertions and contraception counseling. But it's something that obviously can be done during regular office hours. I'm not having to do on-call shifts or right. like after hours or weekends. So it's a much more controllable. In my career is much, my med- medical career is much more easily controlled right now to facilitate everything that's happening now with the music. So Right. So obviously you have previous songwriting experience or took music as a kid or whatever. So it was something that was kind of, or question mark, I guess, not maybe not very obvious, but so it was something in you that you had done before that just kind of reignited in you. That's why you started writing songs in your head. Like, where did that come from? I guess is my question. Fair question, because I was like, found myself asking that very question, like, where did this all come from? Because, and people are like, oh, this is so great that you're realizing your lifelong dream. And this really, I didn't even know this was a dream of mine. So it started with music for me started at a young age, fairly typical story, piano lessons starting at age five, did my Royal Conservatory exams up to when I finished training, I was at a grade nine level, but all just very, you know, formal training in terms of here are your exam songs, here's what you're memorizing for your piano competitions and festivals and whatnot. No playing by ear, no songwriting, no creativity in that regard. Completely walked away from piano for two decades as I became a doctor and did all my training and started my practice and all of that chaos. And it wasn't until probably about 10 years ago that I bought a piano again for our house and, and started up with music and just playing piano. My husband, Barry, who is also a drummer and he's the drummer on the album. Music's always been a shared passion of ours, certainly listening to music, but we hadn't really done a lot in terms of playing music together. But when we got the piano, we set up a music room at the house with his drums. We started to get some mics set up and, but we were just sort of messing around and I wasn't really writing songs at that point. I'd always admired and actually looked at others in awe to see someone strumming and singing. I'm like, God, can you imagine like how great that would be to be able to like play guitar and sing? Like it just seemed like a pipe dream. Like I just, I'd never picked up a guitar, but I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I ended up taking guitar lessons and on and off for the last 10 years. But it wasn't really until, again, as I said, three years ago was really the first time I started writing a song. And actually, I, the very first song I ever wrote was for, as a gift to my husband on our 
10 year wedding anniversary. Mm. And it almost could have stopped my songwriting career right there. He was so, he doesn't like to be the center of attention. And so, so he was sort of nervous and embarrassed. And right. I, I misread his reaction and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But I trucked through and then continued writing some songs thereafter. But it really, it really just sort of happened out of nowhere in the last few years in terms of actual songwriting. So strange, but. I love that. So, I mean, it was obviously in you because you were admiring it, you know, you had kind of a musical background. And so I love that it's like, you know, this time in your life where all of a sudden this thing that's like latent, obviously inside you, but like latent inside you all of a sudden starts to rise to the surface. Like that's so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and with the singing aspect of things, I really never considered myself a singer as well. Like I'd you know, been in the choir, uh, church choir, like in my really young years, belting out songs in the car when no one's listening kind of thing. In our music room, we had set up some microphones. So we were doing a little bit of at-home karaoke, if you will, um, you know, with family and friends, but I'd never really out in public been a singer before. I hadn't publicly done karaoke or anything right, like that. Right, right. I would not consider myself a singer. And I have to say that, so my vocal coach, M. Griner, who has coached me like in so many different ways, not just vocal training, just getting me through this whole experience of releasing the album, getting over imposter syndrome, building my confidence or whatnot. She's just, you know, she's a vocal coach, but also a life coach very much in the traditional sense. But she, like my vocal abilities have improved like dramatically in the less than a year that I've been working with her. And actually she just released a book called The healing power of singing it really goes through her step by step her techniques that she goes through with her students and she firmly believes that anyone can become a singer if they commit to it and train and I'm living proof that her methods work because my voice was was really good but but definitely weak compared to where I am right. now after having worked formally with her so so yeah, no, I just quite literally discovered my voice uh, just recently and just have have been working at it like, you know, I'm a student. I'm like, I, I went through med school. I know how to study. I know how to right. the grind. And I've really just applied that same sort of a work ethic to this whole right. process of doing the album. Yeah. And the other part of your story that I really love is that M encouraged you to do the vision board. And this is so important because if there's one thing that I see often where, you know, women in midlife are feeling stuck, know what that what they're doing, they don't want to continue doing anymore, but they don't really know what it is. And the one thing that is common amongst everybody is, and I think it's probably at large in society, we have forgotten how to dream, right? Like, and so the process of creating a vision board, which like you said at the time was like so hokey, but it brought out things inside you that you didn't even know were there. And that was the exact same thing for me. I was like, I don't have time for dreaming. I got shit to do. Where <laughs> you like, I'm busy. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when you actually don't dictate some time to or donate some time to it, it's like all of a sudden there's like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was there. And then as soon as you express it, you put it on paper, you make a vision board, it just allows that to grow. Yeah. Right. And it kind of fuels your, your vision for things. Absolutely. Uh, I have to say that if I, to be clear, that if I hadn't had the opportunity to step back from the pace of my previous sort of OBGYN hospital-based career, I don't think I wouldn't have had the, I just literally wouldn't have had the time to 
to pursue any of this. So that was critical as well. But but yes, like this idea of letting yourself dream. And, you know, it sounds cliche. I hate using the word cliche because most cliches, are, <laughs> it's, it's, it's denigrating to use the word yeah cliche most cliches are actually just like words of wisdom like they are like exactly. but the pandemic taught us like life is too short you have no idea how long you're going to be on this yeah. planet and and actually another experience just prior to all of this that i think really inspired me to just go for it unfortunately just before the pandemic hit in February of 2020, my mother passed away of end-stage pancreatic cancer. Mm. And she was only 70 and had no health issues prior to that. It was six weeks from her diagnosis to her death. Oh, wow. And, right. So experiences like that follow that up with a pandemic. And, you know, it just really became one of those things. Well, what do I have to lose? Mm -hmm. I'm really obviously fortunate that, um, from a financial standpoint, I'm not relying on this, you know, relying on this for an income. Like I haven't, <laughs> that was famous. Don't quit your day job. Day job. Not, <laughs> Another cliche. <laughs> I have not quit my day job. Um, so I'm really fortunate that, you know, I have the means to pursue this sort of um, a dream and not have to try and rely on it to have an mm -hmm. income right off the go from the get go. But yeah, there was just so many things that it was just, you know, what do I have to lose? Mostly what I had to lose, I think, was just like my pride. There was a lot of feeling of embarrassment. Mm -hmm. and, like, what are people going to think? Like, it's just, it's taken a lot for me to, like a yeah. team of professionals working around the clock to help me. Right. <laughs> through that whole psychology and M has been really helpful with that as well. But I was really, really nervous about how this was going to be interpreted. I was nervous to put myself out there you know, and be vulnerable because, you know, as a physician, you're, you're sort of trained to be very, very private and professional and not to overshare. So there was a bit of that to navigate. Through. Right. But yeah, I was really, it was sort of, what do you have to lose other than <laughs> your pride and, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, getting past that worry about what will other people think? Once I was able to start moving past those mental obstacles, then a lot of things started to yeah. happen. And kept going. Yeah, that's so true. And I think you there was an, another really important point you made about, you know, you don't have to quit your day job to start following your passion, because we tend to have a very all or nothing. I'm either doing it all or I'm not doing it at all. And yeah. like just starting down the road of following that passion opens doors and leads you places where like you probably wouldn't have gone had you not started. Yeah. <laughs> right? Truly, truly. Yeah. And I think part of the Another big obstacle that I had to go through was that it was okay for me to want this. It was okay for me to have another mm. dream other than medicine. Like first I felt really like selfish, you know, like, God, you've got this like amazing job. Like, why isn't that enough? Like what's wrong with you? Why, why isn't it enough to be, you know, an obstetrician and a surgeon? Why did you give up those aspects of your career? You know, that was really nerve wracking for me initially. And then to do music, I was really worried about how it would be interpreted. But I really was worrying for no reason, I think, because uh, by and large, the feedback that I've received from former colleagues, from patients, from family has been all supportive and all positive and which just has meant the world to me to get that sort of a feedback and patients saying like, I think that's so great. That's inspiring. And like, it's just been, it just makes me want to keep going and to not stop at just putting out an album. Yeah. 
to keep to keep going and keep seeing where this all will will lead. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know what you just said about you know I should be grateful for what I have. Like that is such a common thing I hear. It's like I have this gnawing to do something else. But what's wrong with me? Why don't I just be grateful for this great life I have? And you know, like I always say, yes, be grateful for you what you have and where you've been and where you've come from, but also honor what you're being pulled to. Yeah. And you can do both because we tend to see, again, it's this all or nothing thing. We tend to say, oh, I should be grateful here. Therefore, I shouldn't want anything else. And you can hold two truths at the same time, right? Which is exactly what you just did. So talk to me a little bit about terrifying and exhilarating all at the same time. Like, how did you navigate, like moving past that? Oh my God, this is so terrifying. I don't think I could do it to get to the point of exhilaration. <laughs> well, another, you know, one of those things that, that are out there, like do something that scares you. So this was definitely something that scared me to perform in public. But I think part of it, you made a point about something about things that are pulling you. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that helped is that I'm not sure like what the exact moment was, but somehow during this last year in this process, I very deeply have felt have felt within me this, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel compelled, um, like yeah. a calling, I guess, right? Like, yep. I mean, funny, you feel called to medicine, but now I'm starting to feel equally called to this aspect of my life, you know? And the cool thing is, is that I feel like it gives me an opportunity to be a healer in different senses because definitely mm. the therapeutic power of music and I've experienced it firsthand and whether or not you're aware of it or not I think most people have in some aspect of their lives have had that sort of meaningful relationship with music like oh yeah all of our lives have soundtracks like whether we mm know it or not and and we're not just talking about the song that was playing in the high school gym when we were dancing with whoever really at all sorts of key moments in our lives there's music in the background or the foreground like there may be a disc that was on repeat that you listen to during a difficult time or just a song that was playing in the car when you happen to get bad news or good news or whatnot like really music is part of the fabric of our lives and it has healing powers and that's the sort of music I aim to to create which is music that connects with people on a deeper level that that helps me form a connection with my audience and really relatable music so so music heals and I've had the opportunity to be a healer in the traditional sense through my obstetrics and gynecology practice and now I'm also getting the opportunity to be part of this sort of therapeutic world if you will so So I think there are, you know, it's terrifying for me to do something totally different, but there also are these sorts of overlaps as well that I've come to realize. So yeah, again, you just, you are like living proofs of something that I say all the time. And, you know, when, when women are feeling stuck, it's this whole idea that everything that you've experienced up to this point has exactly prepared you for where you need to go next. So, you know, even if you don't feel capable of it or worthy of it or whatever, you have everything you need, or you wouldn't have that calling in the first place. Like you're given that calling with all of the tools to make it come to life. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I love, love, love that you see the connection between, you know, the physical healing that you've done and now, you know, the healing properties. <laughs> I love that you've seen that connection because it's, you're right. It's so powerful. Everybody can remember songs from happy moments and sad moments and, you know, the breakup and whatever it's, it's, you know, what gets us through, you know, yeah. in so many cases. 
it never ceases to amaze me or the songs where you, you just like you just hear the first note and like this entire like nostalgia comes across you or like just these emotions that can be carried with with just like a, a simple phrase like not even the whole song just right like, it's part of us. And I just can't imagine my life without music. And again, as I said, my husband, Barry and I, it's always been a huge, huge part of our life is music appreciation. And so now that we get to create music together as well is just, you know, an amazing part of our relationship that I really cherish. But yeah, I think the songs as well that I've created on this first album, I do have already working on in my mind on the next album and have songs written. I love it. Of course. But of course, the songs that I've written reflect some of these things. They reflect some of the uncertainty. They reflect reinvention and new chapters and standing mm-hmm. up for yourself and believing in yourself, getting past self-doubt. So yeah, so I mean, obviously, my music reflects all of these important themes that have been propelling this whole project forward. So I hope that those themes and, and messages can find an audience that will connect with that. Oh, I am sure I am 100% positive they will. And, you know, the other thing that you said that, and this has been my experience as well, too, is where you get to that point where you've taken the steps forward. And then all of a sudden, this almost becomes bigger than you. You're like, do you know how many times I've said to myself, okay, well, you know, when things get tough and I'm really struggling with something, I'm like, okay, we just quit. And then I'm like, but I can't. So now I need to find a way over this obstacle. Like I literally can't. Right. It won't let me quit. And like, I'm sure that you experienced that too. And that's like the power of like taking those steps and just allowing the momentum to build yeah. because then you realize how big it is. Yeah. One thing I'll, I'll bring up in terms of the idea of things getting bigger than you or whatnot, another exciting thing that happened in my life within the last couple of years, again, only because of the major change that I've made in my career and having a bit more room to breathe and exploring my new passion, which was intrauterine contraception and contraception counseling. So I created this YouTube channel that I about IUDs and educating about contraception because there's so many myths and misconceptions out there. So many questions. So many patients don't know that it's considered first line or number one contraception for all sexually active individuals, regardless of their age, and just has such a lower failure rate compared to traditional contraceptive methods. Right at less than 1%. So so anyway, so I, I started to create these videos that were supposed to be just for, I only thought that my own patients would find them. You know, here's some videos. It's not mandatory, but if, you know, you forget some of the things that we talked about or if you're about to see me in the office and you're super nervous, just to demystify the whole thing. So, so I started making these YouTube videos and like now, boom, three years later, not quite three years later, 50 plus videos, close to a million worldwide views, wow. thousand subscribers. And I've been able to educate patients all over the world. Like I n- never had any, any idea this was going to happen. This, this crazy thing called the internet, my goodness, I'm just like discovering it in 20 right. But so that was something that got bigger than I anticipated, bigger than me. I didn't ever anticipate that I'd be educating women, viewers, men as well. They are are commenting and asking questions all over the world. And I never would have had that opportunity or wouldn't have taken this step if I hadn't taken a step back from my hospital practice. And now I've had this ability to have an influence on people and their contraceptive decisions all over the world and had 
teens from Texas, we won't get into the craziness that's going yeah. on, <laughs> but who said to me, listen, you know, I found your videos. I was previous, I'm 16. I was using the pullout method, gasp with my boyfriend. And, you know, because of your videos, I decided to get an IUD and it was the best decision and so on and so forth. So that has been another you know, parallel crazy journey that I've been on in these last few years that I wasn't anticipating, but sort of gotten bigger than me and I just continue to roll with wow. it. So, um, yeah. So imagine if you hadn't taken that first step, right? Like, <laughs> well, honestly, and again, I wish like, I, I wish I could have like, just, I ha- could have had a crystal ball um, or if I could just go back in time and just comfort my 2018 self and tell myself it's going to be okay. <laughs> This is so scary. Everyone thinks you're crazy. Uh, You feel a little bit crazy, but it's going to be the right decision for you and open up a whole new world, a a whole new world of meaning. Because again, when you're, when you're a surgeon, when you're an obstetrician, like your meaning is there in crisis at four o'clock in the morning, you know, saving lives kind of thing. And it's hard to picture not doing that. And it's, hard to there's a tendency to devalue anything that's not like immediate right. saving right but you know i really came to terms with my new practice i said you know what i might not be you know saving lives in terms of you know stopping a hemorrhage or you know doing emergency surgery but what i am doing is impactful and life-changing and life-altering and hey pregnancy complications cause life-threatening things to happen all the time right. and helping to prevent an unplanned pregnancy then you know theoretically you know by proxy I'm, i am having an impact so it took me a while to to get past that and to forgive myself really for not being mm. there at four o'clock in the morning when crises were right and that to realize the good that I'm doing in my office. And now similarly to realize that the good that I will be able to do through my music um, as, you know, just one individual at listener at a time has reached out and said, Hey, this is great. I, I think this is inspiring. And that's really what I want this whole music career to be all about is making those sorts of connections. Yeah. And, you know, taking that first step obviously is always the hardest. And especially when you have a lot invested in it, right? Like, so you have years of medical school, years of practice, and you're like, I'm going to throw all of that away. And I had the same thing. I'm like, you know, I spent a long time building this career that I'm now about to leave. Right. And there's that thing that it's like, I can keep me stuck or I can just take this and move forward with it. But taking that first step is like the most courageous probably the hardest decision that you will make along the way to to your transition for sure. And I really feel that it's important for me to be vocal and to tell my story and to give back because at that time when I made that decision, I was doing a deep dive into the blogosphere and online several communities that had grown specifically of physicians as well who were reimagining and reinventing their careers you know some through early retirement some through partial retirement some through going to part time or changing just changing their careers from the traditional you know you work 60 hour work weeks you know till you're 65 or 70 and then you die kind of thing so i would not have been able to take the plunge and do what I did with my career if I didn't have the support online of reading stories of other physicians who had also made dramatic changes. So I really believe strongly in in the idea of communities that are out there 
like really having a tremendous impact online and through sharing stories. And that's why I wanted to give back as well by, by being vocal about my own story. Yeah. And that is the exact reason why I started this podcast is because I needed to see what was possible. Like, where are the other women who are doing this? I know they're out there and I couldn't find them. So I was like, okay, well, let me start sharing these stories. Cause I, you know, like people like you, right? Like this is all so valuable for somebody who's contemplating what's next. And then they're listening to you and they're becoming inspired that, you know, you can give up or not, you know, shrink down a medical career to follow a passion. Like that's like, that's amazing. I think when you're taking, you know, making big change, I think it's important to that, to note that rarely if you're closing a door behind you, you know, there's not seven padlocks on that saying, never go back. back yeah. I comfort myself a little bit. It was a bit unique with obstetrics uh, and gynecology because, of course, this is a very high intensity, skill focused job that requires ongoing practice, but performance of those skills to keep up kind of things. So for me, there was a little bit of a sense that you know, once I make this decision, it would be hard to go back. But I knew I had like a time frame right. um, to work with because, for example, people go on sabbaticals or on mat leaves or whatnot and are able to come back and do the same job and operate and whatnot. So I knew that initially, if I had any second thoughts, that I, you know, it wasn't like a, the opportunities to do that aspect of my right. practice on forever. But of course, the more that time went on and I'd be, became so, you know, consumed with this new aspect of my, my practice, it really became clear to me that it was okay that that door was, was closed because I had a chance to have a really meaningful career in that traditional sense. And now here I was in the next chapter of my career, finding tremendous meaning and providing value. So it doesn't always have to be so, you know, totally dramatic kind of thing. Yeah. So true. So true. So If you had one piece of advice from your journey to somebody who is right now kind of, okay, I I need to make a change or I'm feeling pulled towards something, what is kind of that one or two pieces of advice that you would say to them? I'd say, listen to yourself. Like if there's a voice somewhere, there's a reason for that voice. And it's not silly and it's not something to be embarrassed about. And it's not crazy. If there's a thought, um, if there's a desire, if there's a dream, if there's a, a what if, don't ignore that and let that voice grow and listen to it. And then I would say, if what it's saying to you is resonating, do everything that you can to foster that. And whether it be surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals, whether it be finding a supportive community online where you can read about other people who've done similar, who've made similar shifts or pursued similar paths, whether it's finding an actual coach. I have to say, like, honestly, my work with M. Griner, I don't know whether or not this arm of my life with whether or not this chapter of my life would have happened in this way or whether it would have ever happened if I hadn't had that extra help from M who, as I mentioned, was not just a vocal coach, but became sort of a life and Mm. that coach as well. And so I think if you have that opportunity, if it's within your budget to invest in, in someone, make sure you find someone that you really mesh with and because I think that's really important, finding the right coach, not just any coach. Yeah, but yeah. In my particular instance, I think it made all the difference. Yeah. And I will second that as being probably the biggest impact in my own midlife transition was, and I remember the first time I hired a coach, I was like, 
what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? But by far the best investment I have ever made. And I will continue to have coaches because you, you know, we can't see ourselves objectively. Like we're not good judges of ourselves, right? We dismiss our own talents. You know, sometimes we overlook maybe, you know, something that's standing in the way because we're not ready to see it yet. And like just this week, I had my coach call me out on something that I couldn't see. And I was like, oh, horrified. What do you mean I'm doing that? Right. And now I know I'm like, oh, okay. Let's take care of that. Right. But yeah, no, it's it's so important. So, okay. So by the time this is released, your album will be out in the world. So where can our listeners go to purchase your album? All the places. <laughs> so with amazing. digital distribution now, um, it's sort of amazing that as an independent, um, so I'm not on a record label, I've been doing this independently, which was another whole steep learning curve that made me feel like I was in like some sort of musical medical school kind of training camp um, to figure out this world of music but and getting your music out there. But so the album is called Overdue. It's all of the songs, 10 songs, original music by yours truly. And as I mentioned, my husband Barry is the drummer on, on the album as well. And it's available on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, a whole bunch of streaming places I hadn't even heard of before and just made me feel old for not knowing about all these (laughs) things. But basically it's digitally available to download in all of those usual places as well. For anyone who's nostalgic for actual physical CDs, at some point, hopefully by the time this airs, I will have CDs available for purchase on my website, christinadurbatis.com, which will have links to the music and links to other merch as well. Okay. All of my social media profiles, which I'm at Christina Dervatis Music on Instagram and Christina Dervatis Music on Facebook as well. Perfect. Well, we will put all of those links in the show notes so people can find them easily. And I just want to thank you for sharing your story with us today. It's so powerful. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about doing this podcast is like, first of all, I get to meet super cool people like you, but there's so many commonalities and themes of that we're all going through. And when we share our stories, it's just like, we are just empowering each other. Like I get so inspired, you know, by listening to these stories and like, you know, your story will inspire somebody else who might do something that will inspire something else. And we're like, literally like lifting each other up with every step that we take forward. So thank you. Thank you for sharing this with us. And just to close, um, because I didn't really emphasize this enough um, or can't emphasize this enough, the message of it's never too late. I hadn't shared earlier in this podcast that my age, I'm so I'm on the day of the album release is my 46th birthday. It just nice. happened to line up. I was releasing in October. Why not use this as an excuse to throw myself a birthday party? So releasing my debut album at age 46, it's really never too late. So Perfect. Amazing. Well, thank you again. So everybody, you know, as Christina said, it's never too late. The first step is always the hardest and just allow yourself to dream for a minute. So until next time, stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in. 